phones and have your Bibles ready to follow along with the scriptures and to take notes. Um, here at Furrow, we, we all, always gathered on Sunday at 11.30 on a conference call, and we have meetups at 6.30, and the location will be announced. We have, uh, we also have a bookstore that um, we just partnered up with Royalty Flame, and the website at Royalty Flames is www.royaltysflames.com. And we also have um, downloads for messages, free messages, free um, series that we have here at firerealm.com. And we also we, we just finished up a new series. It's called Surviving the Test. And you could also we also are on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have if you wanna have a daily word Monday through Friday, you can also email your email your 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 name email your email to nine five four Five eight zero six three zero three, and if you have any questions, same number. And at this time, oh, we also have coming soon a new book by Golden. It's called Golden from Death to Life. We also have um, a worship and prayer CD that's coming soon, featuring Pastor Jason and Golden Heart. We also have a devotional book, an audio and devotional book featuring Pastor Jason Hunt and an EP music album by Golden. And at this time, if anyone like to get, we give an opportunity to give testimonies. So if anyone has a testimony right now, here's a chance. thank God for that. Um, And that is a powerful, powerful testimony about how you can have strength from the Lord to do the impossible. You know, um, and I think 
thank thank Karan for just sharing that um that testimony and um let me tell you something. I mean, seven day fast. Oh man, hats off to you. <laughs> if you if you able to do that seven seven day fast, and I think it was only fruits and vegetables or whatnot. I'm not too sure, but um, but I know that um that I mean the woman of God. She was a, definitely a trooper. Let me tell you something. In in your spiritual walk, God is going to require you to fast. And to set yourself aside for God to do what he needs to do in your life. Fasting is a part of it. And I encourage anyone out there that's listening. If you have never fasted before, then you, you, need, to, you need to start learning how to fast. You know, you can reach out to us and we'll definitely uh, uh, give you some tips. But um, fasting can do things in your life. That your money, your time going to church... Your, your your time praying cannot do. Fasting can do things in your life um, that you would not even imagine. Because fasting gets God's attention. Remember that. Fasting gets God's attention. If you want God to really pay attention to what you're saying in your life, go on a fast. And say, Lord, I'm going to turn my plate down. I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice my time to being your word and watch the God of heaven step into your situation. And so so I know uh, 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 I thank God for that powerful testament. One thing that our, our man, you know, when just dealing with Quran, oh, man, uh, I, I she really saw it as impossible. Is that my, am I correct? <laughs> like, Lord, I can't do this. <laughs> You still there, uh, correct? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, um, yeah, so she really saw it as impossible, but we kept encouraging her. And we was like, you know, just keep going, keep going. And uh, you made it. So you, you know, see, I think it's the first time you ever uh, fasted uh, seven days, right? First time? Yes, yeah, it's my first time. Amen. Look what God is doing. Let me tell you something. Um, when you, when God is doing a new thing in your life, you'll find that a lot of times that a lot of things that were not there before will begin to start happening. That's what happens when you're in a position in your life of being obedient. If you want God to be doing, if you want God to do some new things in your life, you have to do some new things. That means that you cannot continue old habits. And think you're going to get new results. Doesn't work like that. And so I praise God for that powerful, powerful uh, uh, testimony. Is any does anyone else have a testimony? All right, all right. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start and get right into the message. For those that uh, you heard the announcements at six thirty, we gather at F. Uh, we gather at the to be announced location. The location at this time, which is uh, is September, uh, I think twenty third. Yeah, September twenty third. We gather at FIU campus, FIU North Campus. Uh, if you would like more information, just just uh, just uh, just send us a holler through the phone number or the email, and we'll give you the to be announced location for our meetups. Um, 
but it's it's awesome. I mean, we really it's not we we get into discussion. It's not like how it is um on, on Sunday so Sunday morning is more of a service type of uh type of um it's always a service but but we do things differently on the evening time we have more discussion we give the we bring the word and we also do a lot of training we do a lot of training if you want to be able to hear the voice of god guess what this is what we do in this ministry that's what we do we help people so you can hear god's voice if you want to learn what ministry is about or how to move in the power of god whether it's visions or dreams or or or, or seeing your character and your life changed or breaking addictions in your life we teach step by step on how to get there and many other things too we talk about um so so we hope to see you uh face to face and shake your hand on sunday evenings um but uh we are also getting into uh a whole series it's not really a teaching series but i think it may be available i'm not sure as the lord leads and may be available for uh, as a bundle um, to download, but we're getting into a relationship series on how to really have relationships with each other and how to connect with how to really connect with other believers. You know, when you come into the family of Jesus Christ, do you know you have brothers? Some of us, you don't know that you have brothers, you have sisters, you have mothers, you have people who who grandmothers who people who care about you that's in the church in the house of God any person who is who has God as their father guess what they're God's child and if they're God's child and you're God's child that makes them your brother or sister that means that them you have brothers or sisters in the Lord that may be a different skin color than you you may have you have brothers and sisters in the Lord that's different nationality. You know, that's not black, that's not white, that's that's yellow. You know, you have brothers and sisters in the Lord that when you get to heaven, you're going to see people from different walks of life. You're going to see people who were different from different nations, Africa, Europe, Asia, but they will all be they will all be children of the most high god and i got also news for you you got people who love you some of us uh uh the bible says you know that when my father and mother forsake me the lord will take me in some of us you've been rejected by your family guess what the lord wants to take you in he wants you to connect and not be so Isolated And that's where this message comes from today This message is called Friendships sent by God Friendships sent by God God can send people and friends in your life People who care People who love you People who will be there for you God can send those type of people in your life Why? Because God doesn't make mistakes when the Lord sends individuals in your life for to pray or to 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 to, to uh, uh, be a help, it's not a mistake. God knows where He's taking you. I have seen situations so many, so many times. I mean, the numbers are off. 
I can't even count how many times where where God would send a friend in uh, uh, another believer in a Christian's life. And that person went through and got through all the things that the other person is struggling with. And they were a great help and, and prayed for them and prayed them through. And they made it through that situation because of the love of God that was in that other believer's life. See, unlike the world and people who are not saved, they have to, you know, they, you know, they have this an eye for an eye and, you know, oh, I don't trust you. I don't really vibe with you or, you know, I, I'm, you know, you're going to take my man or you're going to take my woman or you're going to take my money. And we got all these issues because of our experiences f- from people who did not have the Lord in their lives. What do you expect? The Bible says that God is a God of truth. And if this person doesn't have the God of truth in their lives, what makes you think they're going to tell the truth to you? So what happened is you dealt with betrayal. You dealt with all these different things because they didn't have anyone in their lives to hold them accountable to their behavior because they're not saved. See, when you're a Christian or believer, God will hold you accountable And he'll make you feel uncomfortable about telling lies. He'll make you feel uncomfortable about using people. He'll make you feel very uncomfortable. Why? Because when you you try to use one of God's children, because you want to take that old mentality of the world into his house, God doesn't like when people play with his children. And God gets angry when People try to use or abuse his children. I'll give you scripture. The Bible says, precious are the saints of God in the eyes of the Lord. So the Bible also says that his people are the apple of his eye. That's what the Bible says. So if you if you mistreat the apple of God's eye, which is God's people, God will curse you. Yes, he will. The Bible says it. The Bible says that. God will either he he allow you to you can walk in blessing or you can walk in cursing. Read Deuteronomy 28. You know, so so I just wanted to highlight that and just show before I just really get into this. um, I wrote this down when the Lord gives us a new life. It comes with new people and friendships. So so we understand that God. He doesn't just give you a new life. The, the, the same old people you used to hang with, you know, you'll find yourself not really hanging with them no more. Why? Because you're a new person. You have a new way of thinking. You're trying to do something new in your life. Why are you still holding on to old people? Unless you don't really want a new life. See, God wants to give you new pe- He wants to put new people in your life. New friendships in your life, but you gotta get you 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 gotta you gotta separate yourself from the old if you want to walk into the new. It's not gonna work. So, so I wrote this down. Also, um, God brings about a separation even in our friendships due to His holiness and His jealousy. Let me give you a scripture: Second Corinthians chapter six. Verses 14 to um, 
18, here's what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 to 18. Let me just get to it here. All right, verse 14 to 18. All right, it says, Be not unequally yoked together, yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has have righteousness and iniquity? Iniquity means hidden sin. And it says, Or what communion... Matter of fact, let me change this translation to something more simple. All right, I'll read that again. NIV version. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Bilal? Bilal is a term for meaning the devil or demons. It also says, what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And this is what it says, verse 16 what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will live, in, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from, from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So the Bible is making it very plain. It's not hard to understand the scripture. It's not, if you're talking, if you're saying that you want to be a believer, and you want to walk with Christ, it's going to be very hard for you to be comfortable with hanging out all the time, being around the old crowd 24-7 that you used to hang with before you met Christ. When you hear them cursing, you're, you're going to feel uncomfortable with cursing too. When they want to get drunk or they want to sleep with their boyfriends or sleep with their girlfriends um, or, or, or whatever they want to do or, 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 you know, or, or, or turn up, <laughs> you know, like the term says, or they want to do all these crazy things, it's going to be very hard for you to be comfortable in that conversation why or in that environment why because your father is pure he's holy he doesn't he he calls that lifestyle unclean to him and he's and he's going to feel uncomfortable being around you because you're constantly putting yourself in unclean environments so so that's very so the word of god is very clear that that when it comes to God being in your life and you walking with God, he brings about a separation. He separates you from those friendships because he's jealous over you. That means he loves you to the point where he wants you all to himself. And also because he's holy, he's pure. We have this thing about holiness. Holiness is not just it's not you just wearing a tie and dressing very nice on Sunday. No. Holiness means that you remain pure. Holiness is when you hold your tongue and refuse to curse. Holiness is when you say that that 
Lord, I want to fast. I want to seek your face. I just want to get closer to you. Holiness is when you allow the Lord to have his way in your life. Here's what Exodus chapter 20 verse 5 says. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. You ever seen people who, and this is when I was talking about how God is a jealous God. You ever seen people who, um, who um, their parents or their grandparents have the same cycle of behavior? You ever, I don't know if you ever seen that before. You ever seen where uh, the father was an alcoholic, the grandfather was an alcoholic, now the son is an alcoholic. Or you ever seen the grandmother had a child at a young age. The, 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 the mother had a child when she was about 15 or young age. And now the daughter's 16 and pregnant. What's going on here? It's, it's what the Bible just said. How the sin for, to the third and fourth generation... Is is falling upon the children because the that family that household refuses to say yes to the will of God for their lives, and because of that, God brings what's called a generational curse over that house. See, I don't have time to talk about that, but God says He's a jealous God that even if a whole household doesn't believe in Him, God says that. Household will be under a generational curse, meaning that you will start seeing cycles of sin all the way from the grandmother to the child unless someone breaks the cycle. And so some of us even that's listening today, you're wondering why God is being so hard on me. Because God is saying, I want you to break the cycle in your family. And that's why I'm calling you to be holy. That's why I'm calling you to be great. That's why I'm calling you out of what you've been through. That's why I'm not holding your past against you. Because I'm calling you to break the cycle and the generational curse in your family. So I wrote this this also down. And I'm going to show you an example of what I'm saying about godly friendships. And we're going to really get deeper into this. But. I wrote this down and it says, when God connects you to people and friendships, they bring positivity, not negativity, in your spiritual life. I'm going to say that again. When God, the God of heaven, Jesus Christ, connects you to people and friendships, here's what they're going to do. They're going to bring positivity not negativity in your spiritual life. So you can tell in your spiritual life, in your life right now, who God has sent and who the devil has sent into your life. You can tell spiritually right now who God has sent that's going to bring positivity in your spiritual life and who the devil has sent To bring negativity in your spiritual life. You can tell. In other words, if this person is bringing you into sin, the devil sent them to you. Yes, don't 
See, and some of us, we like to play these games. We, we like to say, oh, no, you know, that's not that bad. Let me tell you something. Any person who is separating you from holiness, righteousness, truth, from God, you better run away from that person. And it doesn't mean that you hate them. No, it just means that you pray for them and pray that they may make the same pathway you're making. Because if they continue on that behavior, it's going to lead them to hell forever. If Jesus Christ returns, they're not going with him. So, so let me show you an example of, of, of what I'm saying here. Um, we're going to see a story David and Jonathan, which is one of the most awesome stories in the Bible about how God sends friendships in your life. How God will send friendships in your life. 1 Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 through 4. We're going we're gonna to read it. And I hope you have your Bible so you can follow along here. This is going to be the, I would say this is going to be one of the most life-changing messages for a lot of us that's listening to this, listening to this morning, listen to this message this morning. And for those who's uh, are, are listening to the recording, um, why do I say this? Because you're going to see in the Bible what happens when God sends a friendships, a friendship into your life. You're going to see that. You're going to see what happens when God sends people into your life. For example, you thought, oh, I'm just going to come to fire room and hear a good message today. No, that's not what's happening to you. God knows that this message will determine the next five years of your life. God knows that how you, God knows that how you how you uh how you receive this message will determine the next 5 years of your life why because show me your friends and i can show you your future show me the people that you hang with and i can show you where you're going to be in the next 5 years the next 10 years i can even show you some of us who may have children show me your friends and I can show you the type of father or mother your children will see you as. Show me your friends. In other words, if your friendships are leading you into negativity, it's a guarantee that your children will live negative spiritual lives. Because you're the first person, the, the first Bible they're ever going to read is the is your life. In other words, they're not going to look at what you say. They're going to look at what you do. So let's see what happened in this, uh, in, in, in this, in this example. First Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 through 4. First Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 through 4. And this is a really, 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 really good message this morning. I know some of us, you're really eating this up and taking notes. Uh, so, 1 Samuel 1 through 4. Good morning, everybody. God bless you. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. After David had finished talking with Saul... Jonathan became one in spirit with David 
and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. So if you notice, look at how here's what's going on with David. David, he's coming from. One of the lowest jobs in Israel at that time, which was taking care of sheep. I mean, he was cleaning up sheep doo-doo, for God's sakes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, you come. imagine you coming home from work. You're like, oh, man, I had a long day. And you try to give your dad a hug. And he say, hey, son, take a shower first. And you're like, dad, why? He's like, son, you smell like crap. You smell like sheep crap. You've been out there in the sheep. You try to give me a hug. It's not going to (laughs) work. You know, that's what was happening with David. And David experienced a lot of rejection in his family because he was the youngest because of that. You know, isn't that interesting how God will use the most rejected person in the family to be the most uh, 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 anointed and the one that God will use? Isn't that interesting? But so David, he, to make a long story short, David, he killed the giant. And now he was standing before King Saul, who was the king at that time. His name was Saul. And David Saul had a son named Jonathan and and they linked up together. I mean, they were like best friends. I mean, to the point where Jonathan said, David, I'm going to give you everything I have. Here's my belt. Here's my here's my uh, sword. You know, I I mean, I I love you like I love myself, bro. I mean, I mean, man, we, 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 we can you imagine how they hung out? They probably talked about everything, did everything together. Right. And and they he loved him as his own soul. And David learned the ways of the kingdom and kingship through Jonathan. In other words, David learned how to function at dinner time with the king. David learned how to because he was in a part of the military and things like that. He learned how to walk among the people. He learned how to operate. He learned about business. He learned about the behind the scenes of being a king from his best friend, Jonathan. See, that's what God would do in your life when he sends a friendship in your life. See, you need someone to show you the the behind the scenes of how the kingdom of God operates. You see, you don't need anyone to not say, you know, to to talk to you about, you know, uh, girlfriends or boyfriends or or, 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 or all these things that we we, 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 we we cater to today. You know, housewives and we, you know, they want to tell you about the gossip and all that stuff. But when was the last time you had a, a friend like David had like a Jonathan in your life that can say, hey, let me show you how to fast so you can see miracles in your life. Let me show you how. To communicate so you can know how to deal with uh, another brother or sister in Christ. When was the last time you really had people like that around your life? That when you were dealing with depression, that God used them to give you an encouraging word. So you need a Jonathan in your life. You need a kingdom friendship in your life. So, so, so here's... Here's another thing. 
Let's let's see deeper about their relationship. Let's read chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. Chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. You're going to see more about their relationship. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him. My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I will speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, let not the king do wrong to his servant, David. He has not wronged you and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel and you saw it and were glad. When they would do, when they would, why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation he brought him to Saul and David was with Saul as before so let me give you some background it came a point when King Saul started noticing that the people liked David more than him and and Saul had a his issue was Saul's issue was that he loved to be accepted by people that's what Saul's issue was and he started getting jealous of David and got to the point where he wanted to kill him. But look at the, the, the supernatural friendship that uh, uh, God sent in David's life. God used his friend Jonathan to save David's life. To not only save his life, but to convince his father Saul to restore David so he can sit at the table again. See, see, one thing about these friendships, kingdom relationships, kingdom friendships, brothers and sisters in, in, in Christ. One thing when God begins to send these type of people into your life, these people will save you from danger. God will use them to save you from danger, spiritual danger in your life. In other words, some of us, you don't like it, but, but, but it's good for you. You don't like when somebody tells you that the way you're going is wrong. You don't like that. Why? Because you, ha you have had so many false friendships in your life that you and um, people you thought that loved you in your life just tell you everything you want. Tell, just agree with any, anything you're doing. In other words, you're, ch you, 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 you're cheating on that man with his, with his best friend. Your, your, your homegirl or your girlfriend tells you, girl, yeah, you might as well stay with him. He has more money. And you're like, oh, that's my friend. But 
What about thinking about this? Your friend is the one who encouraged you to open up your life for an STD. I guarantee you, if you would have got HIV AIDS from playing those type of games in your life, I guarantee you, your own friend wouldn't have paid a dime for you to pay for that medication to take care of that disease you received. Or, for example, you've had friends, some of us have friends who, who you know, encourages us to, to, to do wrong. But when the consequences come, they know they know where to be found. And we call these people our friends. No, they're not. The people who are your friends are the ones who, are, who, who, who care about your spiritual life first and care about your life. See, Jonathan cared about David's life. He cared about his spiritual life. He cared about how, he, how, how people looked at David as a spiritual example. Jonathan cared about David to the point where he loved him as himself. Who do you know that's willing to put themselves on the line like that for you? And you may not have anyone like that in your life right now, but God wants to give them to you. God wants to put these type of people into your life. But how can God put new things in your life if you refuse to let go of the old? It's not going to work. So it's like moving old furniture in your brand new house. And, and here's the thing. Your brand new house, it's fully furnished. In other words, furniture is already in there. And you're trying to bring your old furniture in and say, oh, I can't let go of my old furniture. I got to put this old couch next to this, this brand new couch. And when you have guests over, you know what they're going to tell you? Hey, you know, your house looks great, man. But uh, you don't think you want to throw away this old ratchet looking couch? <laughs> They're going to say, hey, man, it's, I, I, I'm going to sit on your new couch because the old couch over here is all dusty. You got gum on it. I think I see a coffee stain or something like that. And I ain't, I'm not sitting on that. Uh, never mind. I'll go, over, I'll go over here to the new couch. That's, what's, that's what they're going to tell you. And some of us, that's what's going on spiritually in your life. You want God to sit on your old couch. And you're in, your, you're in the new house that God gave you. New spiritual life, new friends, new, new environment, but you want God to just accept your old friends. You want him to sit on that old couch. No, that's not going to work. You got to make a choice. You got to make a decision. See, I want someone that like a Jonathan in my life. I've had some, I had many Jonathans in my life, but, 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 but. But see, Jonathan cared about David. Jonathan was trying to convince his father and it worked. You know, I've even seen, how would you like to have a, a, a godly friend that would, I even seen f- friends in the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, who helped another believer to get a job, a good paying job. I mean, I mean, hey, you know what? I have a Christian brother or sister of mine. That I know of, sir, that I think will be perfect for the job. I'll vouch for them because, because you know, I, 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 I can vouch for their character. They're trustworthy. And they do the interview and they get the job. I've seen that many, many times. So, so, so I mean, so many blessings come with even Christian friendships. So let's read on further.
But here is here is a sad story. Some of us, so, you know, I know you, 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 you're hearing this story and you're like, oh man, Jonathan was really a good guy, man. I mean, he was like, he, you know, he was one of the boys. I mean, but, but I got some bad news for us about Jonathan. Jonathan, his, the end of his story was not good. Jonathan, the story of Jonathan, it make you want to cry. Picture this. You got one of the most genuine people. I mean, I don't know if you ever had best friends or good friends in your life. But, 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 but you ever love someone so much and, 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 and they were such a nice person and you heard tragic news about them? It ever happened to you? It happened to me. And, you know, and what, what, what you do, you, you say to yourself, man, if they made this decision or if they did this or if they did that, maybe it wouldn't have ended up like that for them. That's what happened with Jonathan. Jonathan was the friend who will be there with you to the end. Jonathan was the type of person who, when people talking about you, he'll stop the conversation and say, hey, don't talk about my friend like this because he or she, they're, they're good people. Jonathan, the type of person that he, he, he got a dollar in his pocket, he'll, he'll run a mile for you and go and break the dollar so he can get four quarters so he can give you 50 cents. Jonathan was the type of person that, 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 that if you're sick, he'll say, you know what, let me get off work and get you some orange juice because you, you, you're my friend. I love you like I love myself. You know, he, you talk about real, Jonathan, he was the real deal. But Jonathan had an issue in his life. Jonathan, he had an area in his life that he refused to let go that God was trying to get him to let go. And you're like, what, what, what can Jonathan do so bad? That, 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 I mean, let me read what happened to Jonathan. First Samuel chapter 31, verses 2. It says, Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons. And the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadad, and Mephibosheth, Saul's sons. You may ask, how did Jonathan end up dying? Jonathan got killed. The enemies of Israel was coming after Saul in a battle and they killed Jonathan and his brothers. And Jonathan got killed. And you wonder, okay, how did this happen? Well, Jonathan had an area in his life that he wouldn't let go. That God was trying to get him to let go. Jonathan, the area was his past familiarity with his family and religion see Jonathan didn't want to let go of the fact that God left his father and was replacing his own father with a new king and that new king was David Jonathan didn't follow David eventually David had to leave Israel I don't have time to get into the story but David had to leave Israel because Saul was still trying to kill him Saul didn't you know, Saul, Saul kind of stopped for a while, but he left David alone, and that was that. That was it. But David, he wanted Jonathan to come with him, but Jonathan decided to stay with his father, and because of that, he ended up opening up his life to the judgment of God. God was about to judge his father for something that his father did long time ago. Saul did something long time ago. He didn't obey God, and God judged him for that. 
And and Jonathan didn't want to let go of his own family for the sake of following what God is doing. Which you, what God was doing at that time was he was establishing a new king, which was David. And isn't that what we do sometimes? You know, God is trying to do some new things in your life. He's trying to take you new places. And you may have old friends that love you, yes. But you don't know those old friends are getting in the way of what God is trying to do. And they're not even listening to God. See, see, some of us in the world, when you was unsaved, you had what we call Jonathans. You, you had people that was really your friends and they may have been your friends. People who were there for you. I'm sure some of us have people who were there for us, but, but because they haven't accepted the Lord and because they don't want to get closer to God, what's going to happen is they're going to come into conflict with what God is doing in your life. And God doesn't want that to happen. God wants you to love Him more than you love your own f- family or friends. Why? Because there are things that God can see that your family and friends cannot see. I wrote this down. After David grieved over his friends, his friend, because David was, you know, David, he cried over the situation. The Lord restored his heart with a reminder of the new friendships and people in his life. See, when Jonathan died, it was hard for David. It was hard for him to get through that. And just like it's hard for some of us, some of us, it's hard for you to get over things that has happened to you or your past. And God understands that. It's hard for you to trust again. You know, you know, I don't, I don't trust this pastor. I don't trust this church because I went through this or I went through that. God understands what you went through. But you shouldn't blame other people for someone else's mistake. Don't blame the new people God is putting in your life for the old people's mistakes that they made to you. Because you were betrayed by this person doesn't mean that you're going to be betrayed by the new people that God puts in your life. See, I can prove it to you. After David went through the situation and his close friend died, God understood What he was going through And you know what God did God put new people in David's life How do I know this These two new people was Their names were Nathan And Gad These two guys were prophets They were people who Who heard from God Who was able to speak the word of God Who was able to prophesy And see visions or dreams And give David warnings And and they became David's best friends All the way up to David breathed his last breath as an old man. Let me show you for example. 2 Samuel chapter 12 verses 1 through 14. Here's what it says. 2 Samuel chapter 12 verses 1 through 14. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he, he said... There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing left 
had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burnt with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I, I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Amorites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says out of your own household. I am going to bring calamity on you before your your very eyes. I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord and the son born to you will die. Now, now I'm just going to paraphrase David made a mistake. Matter of fact, he went and took another man's wife. This was later on in his life. And God was about to judge him for that. God is a just God. He's a judge. And David thought he was going to die. That God was going to strike him. Which God could have did. But God had mercy on David. Because David repented. But I wanted to highlight something. Look who God used to bring the correction though. It was Nathan. See, that new friendship that God put in David's life was in the form of a prophet named Nathan. 
But look what Nathan, David's friend, did for him. Nathan saved David's life from God's judgment because he gave him the word. You know, you need people like that in your life who would tell you the truth, who would give you what God has to say about your life, who would speak the word of God to you so you won't run into the judgment of God. Some of us, if it wasn't for the prayers of another believer or someone praying for you, you would have ran into the judgment of God. You really would have. What's the judgment of God look like? You would have had some STDs. You would have had some teen pregnancy. You would have had some uh, 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 jail time or alcohol addiction or drug addiction or, 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 or all these different things. Or, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, so many, you know... Or, or, or making all this money But you have no ability to go to sleep at nights And live with yourself See You would have ran into the judgment of God If it wasn't for someone praying for you Or told you the truth And so And so Nathan was this friend Told David the truth I don't know about you I'd rather have people around me Who would not say what I want to hear But say what I need to hear those type of people I need around my life And I hope you need the same also Well these are the type of people that God will put in your life Here's another one uh, 2 Samuel 24 Verses 11 through 13 Here's a, another example And we're going to read about Gad We just read about Nathan But th- let's see what Gad This new friendship that God put in his life It says Right here, Second uh, Samuel. Let me just get to it here. Second Samuel, chapter twenty-four, verses eleven, starting at verse eleven through thirteen. Before David got up the next morning, the word of the Lord came, had come. To Gad the prophet David's seer Now check this out This is David's seer What is a seer? A seer was another word for prophet It was some, it was someone who was able to see into the spiritual realm Someone who was able to see uh, in the future Or someone who was able to see the unseen See there are things in a relationship For example you may want a relationship with somebody and you may say, you know what, I want to be with this person. I'm just giving an example. But God uses a seer to warn you and say, no, don't get into this relationship. This is not a relationship that God is sending in your life. This is not your husband or your wife. See, that, that person, God used them to speak something because God was able to see something in that relationship that you couldn't see. See, lust. And desire can blind you In other words, you can want something so bad That it can blind you to the truth In other words, have you ever seen people that wanted something so bad That it blinded them to the consequences? You know, you try to talk to this person But it blinded them to to the fact that You know, they didn't want to listen to you and, And they felt like they knew what was best for them 
See, they couldn't see. They couldn't see in that situation. So David had this seer named Gad, his friend. And this is what he said to him. Verse 12, go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I am giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So David went to David and said to him, there shall come. I'm sorry. So Gad went to David and said to him, there shall there come on you three years of famine in the land or three months of fleeing from your enemies while they pursue you or three days of plague in your land. Now then think it over and decide how I should answer the one who sent me. So Gad, here it is, David made another mistake. At that time, you know, he numbered Israel. In other words, he was he numbered his army instead of trusting God. You know, um, for time's sake, we're not really going to get into that. But he made another mistake. And God sent Gad to spank David's butt. <laughs> he sent his friend to say, look at here, David, you made a mistake. God has given you three options. Either... A famine for three years, meaning that there's no food in the land. Or for three months, you're going to run from your enemies that they try to run after you to kill you. Or God is going to allow a a plague, a sickness in the land. And I'm not going to highlight what happened in that situation. I just want to highlight the friendship. How this person, Gad, stayed with David up until... You know most of his life And he gave him another uh, a, a warning There's another example of how The Lord even used Gad To warn him And say hey don't turn right but turn left See These are the type of people that God will put in your life To, to And I'm just using these examples to show you, won't you want, Don't you want Someone in your life or people around your life Who can warn you of danger why have people around your life that can't see anything? Why have people around your life that will allow you to destroy your life? Some of us, it's not even your spiritual life. Some of us, if, if it wasn't for Jesus and people praying for you, you would have destroyed your finances, destroyed your relationship, destroyed your family. Some of us, you made a lot of mistakes. And to this very day... God is trying to bring new people in, the, in our lives Because these are the examples I just showed you Of what happens when new friendships come in your life 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 29 Let me show you how long this, These two guys, Nathan and Gad Stayed in David's life uh, 1 Chronicles 29, 29 says Now the acts of David the king First and last Behold they are written in the book of Samuel the seer And in the book of Nathan the prophet And in the book of Gad the seer If you read David's life All the way up to the end of his life These two men David's friends Who were prophets Stayed in David's life Till he breathed his last breath David said, you know what? These guys saved my life. I mean, they, they were there for me in the rough times when I made my mistakes. They didn't judge me. They prayed for me. 
They let God use them to give me words and warnings that saved me from the judgment of God. Because even myself as a king, God didn't, would not even spare me from his judgment if I messed around and played around with him. I want to keep these brothers next to me to the end of my life. Because these are true friends. That's what David said to himself. I'm sure that's what he said. See, what would you do if you was in David's situation? You got these two brothers or these two friendships. It could be male or female. That these two Christian believers, these two people who are ministers, these two individuals who, 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 you know, and I'm not saying they have to have a title as prophet. No, they could just be ordinary believers. But, but I'm talking about godly friendships here. What would you do with these type of individuals that God used so greatly in your life to affect you and to influence your life? What would you do? I'm sure you'll keep them around. I'm sure you'll, you'll thank God for them. So, so that's what David did. David made sure to the point where look what happened. David allowed these two men to be written. God allowed these two men, Nathan and Gad, to even be written in the Bible that we're reading. God said, you know, you've been such a friend of David. I'm going to put you in my book. I'm going to put you in my book that that thousands of years later, people are still going to read about you and how you are a friend to my servant, David. So, So, to close, let me break down because some of us, you may need to know what a friendship looks like. I'm going to break down. I wrote this down. The dynamics of a true friend and an associate. Because there's a difference. See, first thing some of us have to learn. You have to love people from a distance. And when I say that, meaning that uh, you may have had people who have loved you and been there for you. Where before you met Christ That may be true But because of what God is doing in your life They're not the ones that God is going to use To get you to where God is trying to take you God is trying to send some new people Who's going to help you to get to your destination That's going to be like a Nathan and a Gad If you notice with Jonathan There came a point where David Couldn't really hang around with Jonathan Like how he used to because he had to love Jonathan, even Jonathan from a distance. And the reason he had to love Jonathan from a distance was because Jonathan would not fully let go his father, religion, and the old. When you are around people who won't let go of the old things or won't want to serve God like how you want to serve God, you love them, but that doesn't mean that you... Hanging around them like how you used to. You got a decision to make. That means you got to make some tough choices with your friendships. They have to be what you call an associate. And here's another point about the dynamics of a true friend and an associate. You need to be able to recognize the truth about the relationship. I'm going to say that again. You need to recognize the truth about the relationship. You got to be honest with yourself. In other words, if you're noticing this person is causing you to act ungodly, you got to separate yourself. 
Don't fool yourself. Be honest. You're not strong enough to be able to hold your ground and stand on what you believe and let this person know I'm a Christian. I cannot do this anymore. Be honest with yourself. Separate yourself from that friendship. Sit there, tell that person, hey, you know, I love you, but I've decided to follow after Jesus and get my life together with God. I'm trying to get close to God right now in my life. You know, I love you and I, I appreciate the times you were there for me, but, but we can't hang around like how we used to. Why? They're going to be like, why? I don't understand. And just, you just have to tell them, I decided to follow Christ. And you may not understand the decision I'm making, but maybe one day you will. And I, I, I pray and I hope that you will respect the decision I'm making. Some people, you got to sit down and talk to them and tell them why you're deciding to separate yourself. And also, when they see the change in you, how do you know if they may not become a Christian because of what they've seen with you? How do you know that your stand with God will cause them to say, you know what, I need to get my life right with the Lord. I want to become a Christian too. I've seen, I've seen that too. So you'll never know unless you make a stand. Here's another point. Make a plan of separation. You got to make a plan. Some of us, it may be hard for you. You got to make a plan to separate yourself. You got to, you may have to write it down, put it up on your wall. I will not call this person. I will not accept calls from this person because you know what's going on in your life. You know that this is very important time of your life. You know that God is calling you for something new in your life. You know that you need to separate yourself and let go of the old things. You may have to write some things down and put it up on your wall and say, I will not accept calls from this person. It may be an old relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Or it may be from a person that, you know, whoever it is. You may have to make some tough choices. Make a plan of separation. And here's another point, and I'm going to close here. Accept the new people God is placing in your life. When you see, here's a sign when God is placing some new people in your life and how you need to accept it. When you see individuals... That are in your life and saying, hey bro, hey sis, how's it going spiritually? You know, and, and, and asking you questions like that or saying, hey, did you read your Bible? Or for example, hey, you know, I, I, you missed church. Where were you, bro? I didn't see you. Or hey, hey sis, I didn't see you at church. Where you was? What's going on? Oh, or, or, for exa- or, or another example is, uh, uh, you know, they hear you going through something and you just let them know, hey, Hey, bro, I'm praying for you, man. You don't even got to say a lot of words or they just say, hey, I'm, I'm praying that you make it through what, you make it, what you're going through. See, these are, the, these are the signs of the new people that God is placing in your life. And you got to accept that. You know, don't be standoff. You know, one of the things that I, I dealt with it too, I was kind of standoffish. Didn't want to really want to, you know, you know, I ain't friendly. That's what, you know, the term I... I would use, you know, I ain't friendly, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know, I ain't, I ain't friendly like that. I can't vibe like that, you know. I'm not, I'm not like that, you know. I, I, I don't go reach out to other people like that. And God began to show me, son, it's not them that's the problem. You're the problem. You've been so used to your mindset of independence that you're trying to take this mindset. Into the new friendships I'm trying to give you, son. 
That's what God told me. And so, see, I had to accept the new people that God was placing in my life. Matter of fact, I can name them to this very day. One of my, one of my mentors, good friend of mine, uh, Prophet Ru- Rudy Barber. He's not a, just a mentor, but he's a good, good friend of mine. I've known this man over 10 years. He's also my spiritual father. I mean, but the coolest guy you could ever meet. I mean, I mean, I thank God for this man and I can vouch for him. Another man is uh, 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 my, 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 uh, my other uh, apostle, Apostle Daryl Alberry. Good friend, good, 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 good uh, spiritual mentor in my life. I mean, he's a mighty man of God. You, you could look him up. But uh, uh, he's my pastor, but he's also a great friend. I remember times where I would hang out with him and just be, I mean, I mean, tell jokes all day, cracking on each other, talking about him, cracking on him and him cracking on me. You know, I, I, I could give you another one. I got another brother of mine, his name, name Watt, you know, knew me when I first got saved, saw me f- when I was fresh out from the world. I mean, I, I look like a hoodlum. <laughs> you know, but he accepted He accepted how I look And he, you know, and what my background And said, you know, bro, you know, Jay, I'm gonna pray for you And I remember another brother uh, uh, Man, so many names I mean, I can name so many people Even uh, Chris You know, Christopher or, or so many, so many So many individuals that God had used And some of these people I don't really talk to every day some of them I don't I don't some of the old French, you know, the people that God placed in my life for that season, I don't talk to them every day like how I used to because my life has changed. But I but to this very day I still love them and when I see them I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" you know, because life does change. But the thing was I had to accept at that period of my t- my life at that time, I t- had to accept these people that God was placing in my life Because these individuals had what I need See, I needed to know what it I needed to learn how to communicate To someone else about what I'm going through I needed to learn how to have a prayer partner I needed to learn how to separate myself from the old So I can embrace new godly Believers in my life And I'm telling you People who would take I know for a fact They'll take a bullet for me Some of them They almost They, they almost did They took a bullet I'm, I'm, I mean I'm dead serious You know Not like a real life bullet But I'm talking about I, I was in some stuff in my life And they took the They stepped in And they could have Their lives could have been In certain situations I'm not talking about like a you know, uh, 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 like against the law type of things. But you ever had people that you needed them? For, for example, your car broke down and you're 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 in a whole nother state or something like that, and and, and they come and drive the way you at at three o'clock in the morning. That's what I'm talking about. People like that that would take that will that will give up their life, give their last dollar for you because they love you and they know that they they believe in what's in you. They believe that you can be a, a, a mighty woman of God. They believe that you can be a powerful man of God. They believe that you can wait till marriage. They believe that you can stop cursing. They believe that you can fast. They believe that you can pray. They believe that you don't have to be what you came out of. They believe that you can overcome molestation or lesbianism or being gay. Or feeling like or feeling like you're homosexual. They believe that you can come out of the old. See, these are the type of people you need around you. You need people who will believe in you. 
and past what they see that may be going on in your life. See, when I was dealing with my drug addiction, when I was dealing with my alcohol addiction or my women or, 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 or dealing with the old past and, and, and the enemies I had and all this stuff, when I was dealing with all that, I needed someone who would look deep inside me and see a mighty man of God and not someone who they, who they used to be. I need people like that around me. And God put those type of people in my life. God put those type of people in my wife's life. My wife's life. And God is putting those type of people in your life. So, so, to close right here, accept the new people God is placing in your life. You got to accept it. It's hard to accept truth sometimes. Some of us, that's your issue. The reason why it's hard for you to accept people, you know why? Because it's hard for you to accept the truth. Some of those people that you used to hang around with, they didn't love you. They didn't care about you. Swallow that red pill like Neo in the Matrix. You know, if you ever watch that movie, The Matrix, when Neo, Neo was living in a, in a fantasy bubble until he swallowed that red pill and he realized that his whole life was a lie. Some of us, your friendships that you have had, if you really look at it, you, your friendships were a lie. Because you only had people around you who wanted what they can get from you and not for who you are. They didn't love you. Here's, here's some proof to you. Here's some proof for you. When was the last time they paid for your dinner? When was the last time they paid for your bill? But if you look at your track record, you pay most of the time. When was the last time uh, uh, they told you they 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 told you not to get into this relationship because it will break your heart? But if you look at your track record, every relationship you listen to your friends to get into, it always left you at the edge of your bed crying. Because that person cheated on you. It's a hard pill to swallow. And it doesn't mean that you hate those people. No. It's just showing you. When are you going to love yourself enough to make a decision. And say that you know what. I love myself and I love my heart too much. To let my heart be in the hands of a friend that doesn't love me. When are you going to love yourself enough as a man or as a woman to say that, you know what, Lord, I'm going to put my heart in your hands because I, I believe that you have a plan for my future. I believe that you're putting new people in my life. I'm, I will no longer settle just for a temporary company and feel like I'm loved in an environment of people who don't really care about me at all. You know, and I feel that so deep in my spirit. Some of us, you don't even care if, 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 if that person is about to cut your throat as long as that you're not alone. You just want to feel like somebody's around you. You just don't want to be alone. You just, you just don't want to be by yourself because you've been so used to being by yourself in your life that you'll even accept friends in your life that you know is treating you wrong. And that's why it's hard for you to let go. And that's why God has given you this message today. To tell you 
that you don't have to settle for less than God's best. You may feel alone, but you're never, the Bible says you're never alone when the Lord is in your life. You may feel lonely, but how you feel can lie to you. In other words, you may feel like God doesn't love you, but that's not the truth because he sent his son to die. So you may feel alone, but when you're with Christ and when you're in Christ, the Bible says, Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you even until the end of this world. I got news for us. The world is going to end one day. Not this earth. The world that you see today is going to end. The Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. God says he is already in your future. He already sees that you're going to make it through this situation and you're going to be with him forever. He already sees that, but he's encur- since he already knows the future, he's encouraging you now saying, saying, my child, you can do it. You can do the impossible. So that's the message for today. I wanted to give an opportunity for 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 for, for someone for, for those who have not accepted